Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Why exactly did Manny Machado decide to play for the San Diego Padres, other than the $300 million, of course? And are the Phillies now waiting for Bryce Harper to walk through their clubhouse doors? And how soon will we see Vladimir Guerrero Jr., the 19-year-old phenom, be called up to the majors by the Toronto Blue Jays? We're talking baseball with a guy who knows Machado personally and professionally because he covered him. Uh, with the Orioles, and it's my buddy cop on the Bucks beat and Times reporter Eduardo Encina is going to join us on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, if you're like me, you're probably sick and tired of paying these high electric bills. My last electric bill was well over $300, and that's insane. If you want to save 90 to 95% off your electric bill, listen to me now. May Electric Solar is a locally owned company, and May Electric Solar is the safest solar available, and it does not use high voltage like other solar companies. And May Electric Solar has a 25-year warranty on all their equipment and labor, and they have a full showroom. You can see their products, and they are open weekdays. May Electric Solar has been around 12 years. It's earned a great reputation with their customers and peers. And remember, there's other solar companies out there trying to use their great name, uh, but May Electric Solar does not use subcontractors. Remember, it's got to be May all the way. So stop the insanity of these out-of-control electric bills. Start saving now. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. And right now you can also receive a 30% tax credit by changing to solar energy through 2019. Call the real May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Before we talk to Eduardo Encina about uh, some really great baseball stories that he's done for the Tampa Bay Times, I wanted to mention uh, quickly Quan Alexander was in studio uh, at WDAE 95.3 and had a chance to uh, listen to that interview. I did a blog post on it on TampaBay.com, and it was interesting to hear him. A couple nuggets that fell out of that interview. One, uh, he has not begun jogging yet. I mean, he is only four months into what is generally a uh, an eight-month rehab, I guess, for a torn ACL, although he's pushing weights and doing some stuff uh, sort of in the pool and, and whatnot. But he said he'll be cleared to begin jogging next week, which is a really good sign as he works his way back. Terrible timing. We've talked about this with Quan tearing the ACL, the left ACL against the Cleveland Browns back in October. And, you know, he's a free agent, which is, is you know, just awful for him, having uh, been one of the Bucks' better players for four seasons. He was about to probably embark on about a $10 million a year contract, maybe with, you know, $30 million guaranteed or so. Not saying he can't make that now. Uh, Drew Rosenhaus has insisted that he's going to get a top-of-the-market deal despite the injury. I think that might be a little optimistic. It only takes one team, though, to fall in love with you, and his tape is pretty good. He's still a young player that plays with a lot of fire. I know the Bucks like him an awful lot. Now, the Bucks are not going to talk to his agent, or going to talk to his agent, rather, uh, Rosenhaus, at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis next week. So some serious talks will really commence then. And they have, of course, uh, until really March 11th is when free agents can begin talking to to other teams. And then free agency starts on March 13th at 4 p.m. So 
it won't be long before we'll know just exactly whether Quan Alexander will have a deal with the Bucks, or perhaps maybe get out the free agency, see what's available, and they could always re-sign with them as Doug Martin did several years ago. So one way or the other, it's going to go down here pretty soon. But uh, Quan Alexander says he wants to play in Tampa Bay. He's met Bruce Arians uh, briefly. He knows he's he's won before, which excites him. He doesn't know much about uh, Arians personally and you know, hasn't really uh, you know, spent much time with Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator. Says it doesn't really matter to him whether he plays a 3-4 or 4-3 because, you know, he's got dog in him and he's a baller, so he can play in any defense, and you like to hear that out of Quan. But just a little update if you want to go on TampaBay.com and read that about that interview that uh, the boys did at 95.3 WDAE. Eduardo Encinas joins us now, and uh, Buddy Cop, you've been a busy man all over the Grapefruit League in spring training, and I want to talk to you about some of the stories you've written this past week or so. Um, let's start with Manny Machado because this is a guy you covered uh, as the Orioles beat writer uh, for the Baltimore Sun the past, uh, what, seven years, and so you know Manny uh, personally and professionally as well as anyone. He gets an enormous contract, 10 years, $30 million. Uh, maybe that is um, – something we can talk about, not not right. that surprising in some respects. But how surprised are you uh, that he signed with the San Diego Padres? <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I thought that, you know, you know th- these these negotiations, especially in free agency, take, take kind of a life of their own. And, uh, you know, there, there's always the teams that you expect, and then there's mystery teams, and there's teams that emerge out of nowhere. And I kind of thought that the, the Padres were kind of like this leverage team that, you know, maybe Manny's agent was using to, you know, get a little bit better deal from whether that was the White Sox or the the Phillies or even, you know, maybe, you know, tempt the Yankees a little bit. But, um, yeah, I was surprised that it was San Diego. And, and what it says is that, you know, and, and you know, I, I, I like you said, I've known Manny for a long time since he was, you know, about you know 20 years old when he first came with the Orioles in 2012. And, uh, you know, the one thing that, that stands out about him is that, you know, he, he had really kind of been looking towards the, this opportunity for a very long time. And it wasn't just him. It was his agent. It was the, the industry. It was, you know, the whole thing about him being connected to Bryce Harper. You know, we've been talking about this for almost three, four years, like right when these guys became arbitration eligible about, you know, these big, you know, $400 million deals. And I think it's, it's, it's easy to kind of like, you know, get just immersed in all that. And, you know, uh, you know, he had a lot of opportunities, he had an opportunity to play with, you know, his, his brother-in-law and one of his best friends in Chicago. Uh, he had the opportunity. I, I always thought that he was really kind of enamored with, with the opportunity to, to perhaps play in, play in pinstripes with the Yankees. Cause he was a big A-Rod fan growing up. Um, so for him to, to go to the Padres, which really he had no connections to, uh, he had, um, you know, just, you know, it's not a team that's, I think they won 66 games last year. So it's not a team that's uh, immediately becomes a contender, even with him. Um, but they obviously do have a bright future. They've got some young, some talented young players and it's San Diego. You know, I mean, I would say that, you know, most, most of us, if you said, Hey, you know, we're going to give you $300 million to, uh, do a job and wake up in the Cal- South California sun, in San Diego for the next 10 years, you know, we, most of us might take that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting, uh, it was an interesting development and it's something that definitely, uh, I think it surprised me. I think it surprised most people who know Manny. 
Um, but at the end of the day, I do know that you know it was important for him to get that stability. I think it was important for him to make history, and that's what he did too with this contract. Obviously, the biggest free agent contract that any uh, any anyone's gotten breaking that A Rod deal. Um, so I think that's really uh, you know, and and who knows? Like this, the San Diego team, they're they're suddenly interesting. Um, I don't necessarily think that you know it's it's going to make great sellout crowds at, at Petco Park or anything. And I think this team's a little bit further away. Uh, I, I was joking, not joking around, but like I was mentioning to someone else, I was like, I don't know if I can name two of their starters in their starting rotation. Um, right. They've got a lot, a lot of good young players, but a lot of players that still have to grow. And, um, you know, so, but th- that's obviously a big, big investment in, in a guy who uh, is 26. And I think that's why the big reason why everyone kind of got caught up in, 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 in Manny and Harper because, you know, very rarely do guys who are this talented and who've been able to create this kind of resume and are essentially reaching the peak of their career still uh, reach free agency at such a young age. So uh, that's one thing. And then, you know, like I said, I, th- I think that it's interesting because I always thought that, you know, these guys were kind of waiting each other out too. You know, that the, the, the one guy didn't want to be the first one because then the next guy could kind of set the market based on what the first guy got. Mm-hmm. But True. I think that, you know, Manny, Manny definitely got what he wanted. Um, and, uh, you know, now it's just a matter of what, what happens with, uh, with Harper now. Well, he finished uh, last year, of course, with the Dodgers, and so he got right. a taste of, of playing in California, not far from San Diego. Um, and yet, you know, the thing that, that you just said stands out to me. I mean, this is a guy that was on the worst team in baseball a year ago. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. That, that's a tough existence, as you well know, uh, having covered that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then you, and then you go to a team that's uh, – very much, I mean, you know, for as much as he can bring some notoriety to them now, there's, there's still, people say, at least two years away from having some of those guys in the minor leagues come up. You win 66 games. San Diego's playing, you know, at 1030 at night on the East Coast most of the time. I mean, is you think there's there's any part of him that, that will uh, will miss the spotlight? Or is he a guy that doesn't mind being a, li- a little off the grid? And what I mean by that is, I mean, obviously, if you're the highest paid player in baseball, everybody knows who you are and there's great right. expectations. But you're not playing for the Yankees or the Red Sox. Is that is that a better? You know him personally. Is that right. more, more sort of where where he's comfortable? Yeah, Rick. I think that that's kind of maybe the, the biggest surprise of this because I always thought that he kind of did like the spotlight. That he was a guy who, you know, would, would you know just his game. You know, the, the way he yeah. he plays. He he plays with a little bit of a, of, of a flair. You know, he's a guy who's going to kind of watch his home runs. He's going to make a, a dazzling play in the field and. You know, he, he kind of likes that, you know, and, and um, you know, he's a cool cat, lack of a better term. But, sure. um, you know, so I, it was surprising that he would go to a small market. I mean, obviously, in Baltimore, it, it was a similar small market kind of place, but it was the American League East, too. You know, I mean, like, True. even True. though you're playing in Baltimore, you're playing at Yankee Stadium, you're you're battling against, you know, the the Red, the Red Sox and the Yankees, you know, every, mm-hmm. you know, every you know, two weeks, you know, basically, um, in one of the, one of the best, you know, most competitive divisions in baseball. So when you, when you look at that and then, you know, it's not to say that that's not a knock on the national league West. We know how good that, that division is with, with those four teams, but you know, I, I didn't see him as necessarily West coast guy. I didn't necessarily see him as a small market guy. So that part of it was, it was a little surprising to me, but, um, you know, it's, it's interesting, I, I think, because, um, you know, I mean, everything that we learned about, or, or that I guess nationally was learned about Manny Machado over those last two months with in LA, you know, whether it was the Johnny Hustle comments, whether it was you know kind of loafing out of the box, whether it was, um, 
you know, the, uh, you know, when he, when he clipped Jesus Aguilar in the postseason, <laughs> yeah. all, all, all this stuff was like really like put a spotlight on him. Right. And to be yeah. honest with you, he did different stuff of varying degrees of that in Baltimore that probably didn't get that kind of national attention. You know, I sure. mean, his first couple of years, one of the things he did was he literally got into a, a fisticuffs with Josh Donaldson when he was with the A's and uh, basically Manny, Manny was just coming off of, I think a second knee surgery. And so, he had felt that the Donaldson tagged him, you know, too hard and he kind of fell back. And, you know, I, from talking to him that night, I mean, he basically got scared that like, you know, that he was going to get hurt by this awkward fallback, you know, and falling on his right. back. And, you know, he is one guy who, you know, he's always been anytime he's gotten mad. It's been about like this notion of people trying to take away his livelihood. You know, and it all goes to this notion of, of now what he's getting the opportunity he got to get become a free agent and now what he's getting paid is what, you know, he's set for life and not, not that most baseball players are set for life before they reach free agency. But at the same time, you know, I think he, this is a guy who had two serious knee surgeries early on in his career. Like his basically his first and second full years in the game and came back from that. But still, you know, I, I think, you know, when, when you go through those kind of, of, of things early on in your career, and, you know, when you're a baseball player, you, you're, you're trying to get to this free agency moment where you can test it, the market. And, you know, obviously it, it's kind of developed into something that maybe isn't as great, you know, over the past couple off seasons. But that's really the holy grail that you're really searching for is getting to free agency. And, you know, I know that, you know, when he, he got into a big battle with the uh, with the Red Sox a couple of years ago, uh, basically, you know, there was there was this kind of black or better term beef between him and the Red Sox because they felt that he slid into Dustin Pedroia at second base, a hard, dirty slide. He, they, they thought mm-hmm. it was a dirty slide. Um, Pedroia got hurt on that play. He hurt his knee. He was never really the same that year. And, you know, it, it kind of began this back and forth. Chris Sale threw at him, you know, behind him. Like he got a couple couple uh, ball uh, pitches that, that were near his head, and and the thing that made Manny mad was like, listen, like this is dangerous. This is a this is a dangerous sport. You can take away a guy's career, life, not you know, let alone his career, if if you if you're playing like that. So, you know, I think that's something that was always kind of in the back of his mind, um, and 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 you know, it, we 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 want to think like, oh, if you do it for the money, that like it's a bad thing, right? But like, sure. I think to understand Manny, you've got to understand some of that other stuff. You know, you've got to understand the fact that, you know, he worked this hard to get to this point, you know, and he overcame injuries. He overcame, you know, a, a lot of stuff that, that you know, maybe he didn't make the best decisions, you know, even earlier on in his career. And now what he gets to do is he gets to, you know, be very well set for the rest of his career. Um, and, you know, he, he's he's going to probably be in a, much, you know, he is going to be the highest played player in the game, but at the same time, you know, he can probably kind of do it a little bit more on his own terms. You know, he doesn't have to, you know, he doesn't have to answer to the big media markets in, in, in Boston or New York or Philadelphia or, you know, LA, whatever, whatever, whatever have you. So um, I, I think in, in that context, you know, when you kind of think it through a little bit, I'm actually thinking through it with you right now because I sure, actually hadn't even sure. thought about some of that stuff till I'm actually talking about it. But, you know, maybe some of that stuff does make sense because uh, when you look at everything that, that he he did from coming up as a 19 year old kid to now, mm-hmm. um, you know, so maybe some of that stuff in, does make sense when you think about him in San Diego. The other thing about about this uh, situation he's in, and, and you know, mm-hmm. for some players, um, you know, to sign the the largest contract in in, in baseball, uh, this is validation for them as we're yeah. standing in the game. 
Do you think that that was important to Manny? Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, you know, it's a little bit of a torch, you know, to carry. And, you know, yeah. it's funny because, you know, when you see his Instagram today, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of, you know, re re Instagrams from players in the game who like congratulating him, you know, it's like, sure. you know, Carlos Correa has, you know, Jose Altuve, you know, guys yeah. all over the game who are like congratulating him on, on, on this. And, you know, baseball's a fraternity, you know, that Rick, it's sure like, it's, it's these guys, you know, you're around each other so much. You grow up around each other. You have to go mm-hmm. through the minor leagues and, you know, just to get to the major leagues and you've got to break through. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I, you know, even I had to kind of wrap myself my head around it a little bit. Cause you see it and you're like, you know, congratulations to a guy who's going to be making $30 million a year. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, this is more it's money like winning than winning the lottery. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Right. And obviously yeah. he worked really hard to get to this point, but yeah, you know, yeah. it, it is, it is really interesting to see kind of the, uh, and I, I think there is also kind of a backdrop there of, of, you know, what some of these players, especially younger players are kind of looking at in terms of what free agency has become and what it could become mm-hmm. over the next few years. Um, but, and, and looking at it, it's like, Okay, this th- here's a guy who got his, and this is a good thing, and now we can kind of have faith in the system at, at least a little bit, you know, for a little bit that right. that, that a guy who grew up in Hialeah, you know, didn't have much, you know, was you know, drafted out of high school, 17 years old, went to a private school that had, you know, 500 kids, and you know, became not only you know one of the best players in the game, and I and I I would say that I've seen a lot of players play, and there's no one who there's there's no one who I've seen who's better a better player than Manny Machado and 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 wow. in the time that I've seen him play and, and it's he can he can change the game he can do so many different things and I mean obviously I got to see him every every day so it was a little bit you know I I, I got a, a different glimpse of it but you know I mean there's and there's great players in this game obviously Judge Betts all these guys you know Altuve great players but like there 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 are there I, there's not many guys who can do what he can do on a baseball field. I always thought he was going to be a better, he, he should never go on the shortstop. I thought he was great at third base. He's just uh, stayed there. I think he's probably going to play third base in San Diego, I believe. But, um, you know, there, there's like, I watched this guy play. And the only guy who I thought, I thought could play with all due respect, no, Arenado, the only guy who I've ever seen made plays like that. And I didn't see him live, but on the record is like Brooks Robinson, you know, at, at third mm-hmm. base. So, um, yeah. but, but, you know, I mean, it's, it, it is interesting to see, kind of the fraternity and, and everything like that, everyone kind of being happy for him. And, uh, and, you know, like I said, I think you know, we, 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 we all kind of try to put these, like kind of these, these big contracts in, in a box and say, Oh, there's, there's, this is going to be a horrible investment in money. This is going to be, you know, there's no way that, that any team should do this. And you know what? You're probably not. I mean, it's unlike like with football, like we, we, when we cover football, Rick, it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're definitely paying for, the potential, but you're also paying for what this guy did in the past. And the fact that what he's done at the age of 26 is, you know, you know, somewhat unprecedented, both him and Bryce, but, um, you know, so it's an interesting era. It's an interesting time. I think that, you know, and at the same time, the game's got some things to fix too, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the guy. Like you said, he came from, you know, pretty humble beginnings and he's, he's for the most part, he's kept his, kept his head. Um, and like you said, you too, it's like, you know, you, you, you want to rip them for, or people want to rip them for, you know, some of the stuff that he did in the past or even when he did with the Dodgers. And it's like, you do got to think, you know, what, what were, what were any of us doing when we were 23, 24, 25? Um, 
we were all kind of making some mistakes along the way as well. So, yeah, no doubt. And, and the, the the thing about him now with this contract, it can do uh, one of two things. And we mentioned that he's in San Diego and not New York or Boston, which is probably going to help him, I would think, a little bit uh, sure. in this sense. But uh, do you think that um, you think he'll he'll feel the pressure? Is this something that that will, will be a burden to him, or or the fact that he is now, as you said? Uh, doesn't have to worry about security. Right. Uh, it will actually take some pressure off of him to where he can just go and play now. Well, I think, you know, one of the big things going into the, the free agency market was, you know, if he's not going to be Johnny Hustle, you know, when he's when he's before free agency, what's he going to be like once you pay him? You know, right. so, you know, obviously that's that's a question. That's a concern. You know, I've 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 talked to Manny about times when he's loafed uh, like out of the batter's box and, you know, he he has felt bad about it, you know. He felt like you know, but more in the fact that it, it appears to be a disrespecting of the game. But mm-hmm. you know, on those plays, like to him, it's like, well, like there was one play that I, I think before he got traded last year, where you know, basically it was a grounder to shortstop, easy play, but the guy bobbles it, you know. And if he's out of the box, maybe he gets there, maybe he doesn't. But maybe he beats it out, maybe he doesn't. But because he didn't even get out of the box fast, you know, the question is, well. Why didn't you come out fast? You know, mm-hmm. and so you know he has some judgment calls that he makes where he's like, "Well, I'm, that's I'm not, I'm not getting that. I'm not going to pull put you know 100 percent effort in." But um, and obviously that's not what we learn. That's not what we any any fan likes to see, especially when these guys are making so much money, and especially now that he's making that much money. You know, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of you know attitude he brings to that. I think that'll mm-hmm. be really the big focus on him is that you know the spotlight that he'll be like, okay. You know, now that you have this, what are you going to do with it? And especially, and, and I, you know, I, I think that's a legitimate question for especially a team like the Padres that, you know, you're paying him not just to be a great player, but you'd also like him to be this guy who you're building around not only as a player, but as a, a guy who can kind of lead younger players because that's what they have sure. coming up. So, you know, that's something that I'm sure that I, I would hope that the Padres have really thought long and hard about. So, a couple years ago, when kind of all of this steam started picking up about him and Bryce and $400 million and, and stuff like that, you know, I did see him, he had a rough start to the season and I did see him kind of, you know, definitely press, you know, and, and this right. is two, probably two, three, I want to say two years ago. So you're talking about 24 year old guy, yeah. fourth big, fourth big league season. He, he Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. He's already hearing about all this stuff about how he's going to get paid in a couple of years, and he's starting to press. And yeah, you know, I remember talking to him about it a little bit, and he he would say that you know he would admit that that he was pressing, and you know you would hope that times that he's been through some of these times, so that'll help him you know this time around when you know because right. he's going to go, he's obviously going to go through that. You're going to go through that over the course of a season, you know, over the course of a career, you know, and then you just kind of have to let the natural talent flow and to help you get get out of that, and just the faith that you know. I mean, at this time, this was one of those things where we were looking at all these numbers and he was hitting something like 230 or something like that. And maybe like mid-May, early June. And mm-hmm. all the numbers were saying like he had he had one of like the highest exit velocities 
he had he was hitting balls like barreling balls up, but they were just getting hit right to fielders. And it was kind of, you know, this thing where, you know, maybe teams knew how to position him better. Maybe, you know, but, you know, maybe he didn't have quite have, you know, the gap power that he had or, you know, there were all these questions. But, you know, he looked at it as like, I'm squaring up balls. They're just not going my way. Eventually, they're going to go my way. So if you're that good a player, you got to have that kind of kind of faith in, in that over the course of 162 game season that, you know, your lack of a better term, you're going to get yours. And so, yeah. you know. I think that's one thing that over the course of career, he's not he's he's not shy on he's not low on on confidence or anything like that. This is a guy who like I remember the first time I think from the first time I saw him he he has his tattoo on the on his back from shoulder to shoulder that says "Sky's the limit," you know, and it's um you know it's, okay. so, so he's he's not he's not he's not you know lacking in confidence or anything like that. So um, I think you know. You can call it cocky, you can call it arrogant, whatever you want to call it. But I think in this case, it's one of those things where, you know, that's the stuff that's going to get him through, you know, some frustrating times. And there's going to be some lean times definitely in San Diego, no doubt. And, and he's oh, going to sure. have to kind of figure out his way through them. And he's probably going to have – he's going to be the guy that's going to have to figure about himself, whereas in the past he's probably had got other veteran guys in, in the Orioles clubhouse or friends right. or someone like that to kind of lean on. So I think that's going to be the different thing is that he might look around – during his first bad rough stretch in San Diego. And whereas he had a guy like Nelson Cruz, who was like a really good leader. He has buddy and Jonathan scope who came up with him in the system or Adam Jones, a big, big veteran there that, that could kind of help him through it. Like he's going to look around and it's gonna be nothing but kids. And he's going to be like, Oh, well, I'm, I'm going to have to figure this out myself. So I think that's going to be probably the biggest, biggest difference in it. But you know, guys like him, you know, you've got to have faith that, that, that they have the confidence and obviously the talent to, to get through those moments. Yeah, he sure does. Uh, well, Machado is signed. Bryce Harper is not. You were in Clearwater on Wednesday with the Phillies. Mm-hmm. First of all, what's the mood there? And is is there among players and coaches this big expectation that Harper's going to walk through the door? It's funny because I think that that there's so much build up there, you know. Yeah, and and, yeah. and maybe this is a thing about spring training, and and maybe it's a good thing about spring training. It's like all these guys have heard all this about Bryce Harper being a Philly since you know what the end of probably the end of the season at you least know? And, by the end and, of last year right yeah. right and, and and it's picked up and picked up and picked up and they were in on machado but i always thought i always seemed to think that if it was if there was one or the other that it was probably going to be harper especially because mm-hmm. there wasn't necessarily as much you know the, machado there were different a lot of different teams it seemed like with with, with harper it seemed like it was going to be you know going back to the nationals or going to the phillies realistically mm-hmm. and so when when you I think that there's this big this big big buildup, and so all these guys come in and then they start train they start you know spring training, and then you know they're working on the stuff you work on every every year and it kind of becomes a routine. And I think that right now what they're trying to do is just kind of focus on you know what they can do, you know, mm-hmm. and, and not necessarily think of like well Bryce Har- Bryce Harper's going to walk through this door because it might not happen today, it might not happen tomorrow, it might not happen next week, it might take a month to do you know even if this guy and i do think that he's going to end up there but you know these things there's no way to put timetable on things especially when you're represented by scott boris especially coming off the machado deal you know it's there's a lot of different you know factors here that are kind of come into play with harper but you know and i think the one thing about this buildup is you've kind of you know we've kind of kind of lost focus of like really what the phillies have done in other areas to really get better. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and, and they, and they have really like, and, and like he said, to be honest with you, 
And this is what's great about going from clubhouse to clubhouse. It's like you walk in the locker rooms and you see, you know, nameplates and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, I forgot they got that guy, or I forgot they got that guy. It's like, you know, like I was like, oh, well, I, I didn't know they went and got David Robertson. Like, I didn't know they, oh, they trade for Gene Segura. I was like, you know, I've always been a huge Gene Segura fan when he was in Seattle, and like, you know, I'm like, man, you know, they've actually got some legit guys. They've really improved over the course of the off season. And all the only thing you've heard in terms of Phillies is Bryce, Bryce, Bryce. So, you know, it's one of those things where I think they're confident in the fact that they've gotten better and they've had to get better because they had a really bad end of the season. They they yeah. played really well, overachieved expectations for most of the season. I think they're in first place for like 33 days in the second half. And mm-hmm. then they just kind of bottomed out. I think they're eight and 20 in September. And, you know, there, there's some ways that you there's a lot of things you can look at. You know, they had the lowest batting average in the in the majors. They were really, really bad defensively. They had like you know, if, you, if you look at defensive run saves, they rank last in the majors in that. So when you look at those two categories and you think that they were, you know, a first place team at one point late in the season and even to think that they finished even two games under like that's actually kind of surprising when you think about being bad at those kind of categories. But the, they, they, they've really worked on that kind of stuff, you know, and. and uh, you know, they, they brought in some leaders and just from talking to some guys I know in that clubhouse is that that was a team that's, that really realistically was supposed to be a couple years away and they surprised people. And then yeah. they look around and there's a bunch of young guys and they really didn't have too much veteran leadership in there. You know, they had guys like Jake Arrieta, you know, a couple other guys, but most of those guys are pretty young and I'm talking like not even arbitration eligible. So, mm-hmm. you know, they went out there and they got guys like David Robertson, who's, you know, was a you know, all-star closer for the New York Yankees for a while. You know, they went and got Segura, who's an all-star, really good, you know, plus shortstop, you know, at a, obviously a key position. You know, they went out and uh, got Andrew McCutcheon, who's a former National League MVP, obviously a big-time leader there. You know, and, you know, so they went out and, and got some of these guys who, you know, they're not going to, like, blow you away, um, but they're, when you put them all together, you're like, hey, they, they really did get better. I mean, and I'm not even mentioning JT Realmuto, who, you know, was this catcher who was basically on the market, trade market, all offseason. Everyone wanted him. He was, you know, basically put up, I think he, he led all catchers and wins above replacement last year. And, you know, they knew that they were going to trade him, but they didn't know where. And then the Phillies kind of came in and got him. So you put those four guys together, and not to get, like, super number crunchy here, but, you know, that's, those four guys, just based on what they did last year, that's 12 wins. So they finished 10 games back of the, of the Braves in the division. So even if you just take that numbers wise, you, they maybe that's not enough to catch, you know, to win the division, but it definitely closes the gap. So if, if you add that with Harper, I mean, you you got to think that, you know, they'd be the favorites to win the East, and you know, obviously a contender for the for the World Series. Now, the one thing to think about too is outside of the box that is the Philadelphia Phillies in that clubhouse, and that is that fans in Philadelphia have been hearing about Bryce Harper forever, oh <laughs> and, yes, and 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 you've got to think to them that. That in Philadelphia, if the if the Phillies don't land him, that's going to be a supreme disappointment. Now, I've heard a couple other things about you know, well, maybe this is maybe you don't spend it on 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 uh, on Harper. Maybe you look, you know, to a couple years down the road. Maybe you look at next year. You know, Paul Goldschmidt, a couple other guys who are going to become these big free agents. You know, in a couple years, Mike Trout's going to become a free agent. Maybe you know, and you know, Mike Trout is uh, a South Jersey guy who. For years, Philly fans have clamored over to be like, oh, man, wouldn't it be great if we got Trout? You know, he's he's like a hometown guy to them almost. So, you know, that would be the only way that I think the Phillies could kind of navigate this to make it look good if they don't get Harper. Because otherwise, to the fans there who like all of a sudden 
kind of got this sniff of, of them being good all of a sudden and then had to deal with them kind of fall off at the at the end of the year. And, you know, they got these additions, but they're not necessarily these real sexy additions, but they make them better, but they're not Bryce Harper. So if they don't get Harper at the end of the day, I think there's going to be like a lot of disappointment in Philadelphia amongst that fan, which obviously is a very unique, rabid fan base. And, uh, you know, so there, there's what's real within a clubhouse. And then there's kind of what's the perception outside. And I think that's really what they're dealing with, even though they're here in Clearwater. All those guys know that, you know, like I was talking to, you know, one, one, one of the guys, uh, one of the relievers today. And he was like, yeah, we know, you know, we know that people probably are just clamoring for this guy, but you know, we've got to think about it is that, you know, he's not going to walk through that door. And then that this is the get team we got and, you know, know that it's, it's better than the team we had last year. I think Gabe Kapler got a uh, sort of a baptism on uh, opening yeah. day, maybe what uh, what Philly fan is all about. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> when, when he took out a pitcher that was throwing well, and well, it didn't work out for him, so he was exactly. the manager. So yeah, that'll be that'll be something to watch. We'll see what happens to Bryce Harper. Uh, one uh, one other thing before we let you go, and yeah. this is uh, this is great stuff that uh, Eduardo Encina has done. Uh, you can read all these stories in the Tampa Bay Times uh, or on Tampa Bay. Dot com. You had a chance to uh, check in with the Toronto Blue Jays as well. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, one of the biggest stories I think that's going to be, uh, whether it's certainly probably going to be at some point this year, if not the start of the regular season, we'll see. But Vladimir uh, Guerrero Jr. made his mark a little bit uh, even last right. year. He's, he's going to turn 20 before opening day. He's a 19-year-old kid. Obviously, his father, uh, you know, one of the great, great players in baseball history uh, for the Montreal Expos. With the same name, no less. So right. uh, the expectations are enormous, and yet this this kid has has achieved everywhere he's been. First of all, just you had a chance to to sort of be around him and right. get a feel for for what he's like uh, with his teammates and whatnot. This doesn't seem big to him at all, as far as right. the expectations that surround him, right? Right, and, and just to take a step back is like just just to 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 like you know launch this narrative a little bit about Vlad Junior. So you know. Obviously, anyone who follows the game knows his dad and knows that, you know, how big of a deal he was in, you know, initially in Montreal, you know, and when they called up, you know, Vlad Jr. wasn't in, in big league camp last year. He was, you know, this 18 year old kid who they gave they brought up for a uh, exhibition game that the Blue Jays were playing in Montreal. They gave him his dad's number, <laughs> 27, and yeah. he ends up and he ends up hitting a walk off home run in that game in Montreal. <laughs> So, yes. so he, he started off a little, he set the bar a little high for himself, you know, already in Canada. So, you know, up there, they're clamoring for him all, you know, for, for the past year. And, uh, you know, but this, I, I think it, this is interesting. And this is very, it's something interesting with the Blue Jays too, because it's not just him, but, you know, players who grow up around the game, either whether it's, you know, they have dads who are coaches or players or whatever, they see it. They they grow, they tend to grow up a different way, and they they tend to not get in awe of the of the atmosphere of, of the big leagues. And I think that's one thing that this kid is. And you know, the, the Blue Jays are going to be really interesting to watch because they know, not only have um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and these guys all came up together, but they also have uh, Craig Biggio's son, and they have uh, Bo Bichette, who is Dante Bichette's son. So mm-hmm. all these guys kind of came up together through the Blue Jays system and they're all legit prospects too. So, you know, it, it'll be, I mean, like if, if you're, a, if you're trying to, to, to go to a spring training game and you're trying to decide, like you're in Pinellas County and you're like, 
you know, what, what am I going to go do today? And you, you can go see a game. Like, you should make that trek up to Dunedin because you're going to see some some players out there who have some really good tie, really good resumes and some really good lineage out there. And that's not even to mention, you know, some of the other young talent that they have. But, oh, you yeah, know, uh, yeah, I, I think I think the thing with Vlad Jr. is that he's, you know, again, 19, he's going to turn 20, I think, in next month. But, you know, I think he's he's learned a lot from his dad. And his dad was a guy who, you know, was pretty low key himself, you know, like yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't he wasn't, uh, you know, he, he really didn't get anything phased like this. Vlad Sr. was the guy who actually, I think, doubled off a ball that skipped in the dirt. You know, like he never mm-hmm. like he was just amazing hitter, amazing at, at just seeing the ball. He swung it. He swung at everything, you know, yeah, but, but he always but he, but he hit everything, too. You know, and it, it's funny because Vlad Jr. actually has a lot better like uh you know, when you look at his I walk at totals point. and yeah, and stuff like that. I mean, like, like yeah. this kid's actually like he's, he's, he's he could walk a hundred times a year, you know. And so sure. it's it's kind of interesting that like you know maybe he's actually the two version is a little bit more. I'm gonna say he's gonna be a hall of famer, but you know he, maybe a little bit better in certain areas coming up as as a young kid. So, but mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's interesting because I think the Blue Jays have really yeah, obviously this guy is, is a guy they're gonna build around, and I think they've they've really uh, you know emphasized putting him in a really good situation, you know, and, and, you know, the big question Blue Jays camp right now is, is not when, if this guy is going to make the big league roster in 2019, it's a matter of when, and, you know, they might not, he might not make the opening day roster. He might, you know, they, they might do like the, like the Cubs did with Chris Bryant and, and put him in the minors for like the first three, three months or something like that to save on some service time with them. And that's what I honestly think they're going to do, but, you know, he's going to be there, I think, pretty early in the season. Because when you look at his numbers, there, there's nothing left for him to prove in the minor leagues. There really right. isn't. And so, you know, but but I think on the other side, the, the thing that they've really done is they put a really good system around him. And, you know, Kendris, they have Kendris Morales, who, you know, veteran hitter who actually played with Vlad Sr., you know, in Anaheim. And, uh, you know, the other day... Vlad Jr. called him, you know, that he was a kind of father figure for him. Mm-hmm. And this guy's got, he's, he's two lockers down from him, you know, and, uh, you know, they're signing guys like Freddie Galvis, like veteran Latin players who, you know, they can kind of put around him and they can kind of show him the ropes. And for young players that we talked about in Machado, it's like, it's so important to have, to have guys that can, you can lean on over the course of a season and, and guys who've been through it, who've been through the ringer, you know, and, and that's something that, that I think they're really putting a lot, a, a lot of that kind of support around him and you add the guys you know like you know like Vigio and, and Bichette who he came up with so he's comfortable with them and um and, and what's what's really a you know a very probably one of the more probably the Blue Jays and the Phillies actually are two of the more heavily Latin clubhouses you know there's That's a right. lot of Latin players in, in both That's of those right. clubhouses and and that also you know that has to be a part of the comfort level too you know and yep. um so so you add all those things. I just think that they're they're really putting together a really good support system around them, and so that when a guy like him maybe does struggle, that that, that he's going to be able to lean on guys, and and it'll be able to get him out of it. I mean, like, you know, he's he's not when you look at him, he's not a guy who's like really like, well, this guy's a specimen or anything like that. I mean, uh, but you know, he can play third base. You know, I saw him make some plays at third base the other day. Um, fundamentally, he's so sound. You know, like I said, he, he's not going to blow you away with the way, like the eye test, but 
but you watch him play and you, whether it's hitting or, or playing third base and fundamentally he has got it down, especially for a kid who's 19 years old. So I think he's going to be really exciting to watch. He's going to be in Toronto at some point this year. And I think that, you know, sneaky, if the, the Blue Jays and the Blue Jays don't have the best facility out there in Dunedin, you know, if you want to go watch their, their practices, you've got to go to a totally different complex to go watch their practices in Dunedin other than the stadium. So it's not Dunedin, and I think they're they're about to renovate some of that stuff down there. But you know, it's not a great setup. But you're if you go to Dunedin to watch a workout or to watch a game, you're going to see some really really good players. And like uh, the Grapefruit League covering the Orioles, we would always joke around that like, and we were down in Sarasota, but we were like, we would hate the Dunedin trip just because it seems so far. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know, but but that's that's going to be there's going to be some people at those games because it's going to be some some exciting ball. And like I said, the, we talk about the American league East and you know, you got three, three teams that won at least 90 games last year. But you know, I, I think the blue Jays are a team that's knocking on the door and I don't know if they're going to be good this year, but I think, you know, by 2020 that, you know, they're going to be a team that's going to be right there in the mix too. So uh, it's going to be really exciting. I obviously all those teams practice training and, and, you know, on, on this side of the state. So, you know, there's a lot of good baseball to be seen, you know, games start on, on Friday around the grapefruit league and, and, you know, so I'm I'm kind of excited about that. You're going to see some really good baseball here over the course of the next what you know five weeks or so. Absolutely, uh, the Ray or I'm sorry, the Blue Jays managed by uh, Rays bench coach Charlie Montoya yes. finally gets managerial jobs. Speaking of the Latin influence, and absolutely, uh, yeah. If you get a chance to go to Dunedin, I a uh, hundred years ago I covered them in spring training when I was first uh-huh. starting with the Tampa Bay Times back in the Lloyd Mosby. Uh, oh wow! Blue Jay days. Um, Jesse Barfield, uh, and Devon White, yeah, all those guys. George phenomenal Bell, players. George Bell, all those guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Garth, Garth Orge. I mean, you know, you know. Oh. But uh, but yeah, it was it was different. But it was also different uh, facilities then too. Of course, they've actually upgraded Grant Field uh, right. and and whatnot. But it's an interesting place. Always, always. Uh, anytime there's a game there, you will invariably hear an announcement uh, to my Canadian friends. Uh, there is a car. Like Canadian, uh, Canada license plate, Toronto license plate, blah, blah, blah. Your car is running and the doors are locked. <laughs> so it's you're, more than just the left blinker, folks. You're yeah, right. No, you're it's... absolutely right. I've heard that more than once. Absolutely. <laughs> I know we like to rap on our friends from up north, but this is not, this was not a coincidence. It happened about every other day. So great stories. And so uh, I'd, I'd like to say, where are you headed next? But where are you headed next? You're going to be all over the place for the Grapefruit League. Yeah, I'm. A, I mean, that's that's actually the biggest challenge of this this gig, Rick, is just kind of navigating kind of where you're going to be on a day to day basis. I mean, yesterday, uh, I decided to go back down to my old stomping grounds in Sarasota um, to work on a story that I'm working on, and uh, you know, I heard that Garth Brooks was having a press conference in, Bra- in Bradenton. And, you know, he's in Pirates Camp. So I was like, oh, well, you know, if I get out of here, I can go over to shoot, shoot up and, and get that, too, on the way back. So it's about being yeah. resourceful. It's about, you know, um, you know, not trying to drive too much, but, you know, you're going to log some miles. But I was in I was yeah. in Phillies camp today. I might I might try to double dip between Phillies and, and Blue Jays tomorrow. And then obviously games start on uh, the next day. So I'll either head down to Port Charlotte and uh, and help out Mark Topkin or I don't know. It depends on what happened, how how the days go. You know, who knows? I might be back in Clearwater if if, if Bryce Harper uh, decides to show Understood. up. So. Well, buddy cop, yeah. get your baseball fix in because as you know, <laughs> uh, the draft and free agency is just around the corner. So do, do you miss me? We'll, do you miss me? I'll need you. Back. Oh shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I feel like I'm out here on my own. I don't, I, you know, I got, I'm in the squad car by myself. It's not, 
it's not the same. But hey, I, do I miss, appreciate appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, I do miss patrolling with you, buddy cop. Yeah, it's been tough. But uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks again, <laughs> thanks again. We we'll be together soon, and then some. Uh, right. because, uh, you get no time off, but, uh, yeah. that's another subject. So, uh, be careful, <laughs> safe travels. And, uh, thanks for the uh, baseball update. We'll, we'll talk to you, uh, here in, in, a, in a week or so, I hope. Yeah, definitely. Anytime. So some good stories beside the Tampa Bay Rays, although their last workout, uh, will be, uh, today before they open the Breakthrough League season Friday against the Phillies. Maybe we'll see Bryce Harper then. Who knows? That game is at 1 PM in Port Charlotte. The Lightning are going to host uh, Buffalo at Emily Arena tonight. Matthew Joseph, by the way, has been recalled, which would lead you to believe that uh, the injury to Victor Hedman is either not very serious and he's either going to play or he's very close to playing. So a good sign for Victor Hedman and the Lightning with that uh, transaction. And, hey, folks, remember now, if you're like me, you're tired of paying these high electric bills, call May Electric Solar. They're a locally owned company. They're going to do a great job. They have a 25-year warranty on all their equipment and labor. Remember, everyone knows it's May all the way. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with Steve Burstink. Have a great day, everybody. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.